Have you ever thought about how crazy God seems to love us? How bad of a deal it must seem for him. The idea that God created us to be in relationship with him, to enjoy him and his creation that he gives us, that our first parents, Adam and Eve, just threw it all away. And then we do the same. How many times do we throw away God's blessings, specifically his relationship with us? That by our actions and our lives, we often reject God's love for us. And yet, God loves us. It's a crazy love. An intense love. It's really insane. This is the fourth and final week of our message series, Share the Gift. And so for the last three weeks, we've been revealing ways that we as a church community and you as an individual can share the gift of your faith in Jesus Christ and the love that God has for all people. In the gospel today, Jesus gives us the principle of love. Looking from the perspective of the world, the things that Jesus tells us seems weak, insipid, like a pushover, like a loser. But instead, it comes from the way love works. And think about it. Love your enemies? Do good to those who hate you? Bless those who curse you? Pray for the good of those who mistreat you? If someone lends, takes something from you or borrows something from them, let them keep it. What kind of craziness is this? And in the eyes of the world, it really is crazy. I mean, our world is an eye-for-an-eye kind of place. And so you'll hear it said often, the only way that they'll learn their lesson is if, fill in the blank. You know, as if it's our job to go around teaching people's lessons. Jesus makes it very clear that it is our job to do just as God does. And that's to love. Period. He even says... If you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? And we see an illustration of, of this type of living by a higher standard in today's first reading when David, after being, hunted, after being hunted down by King Saul and his assassins, was presented with an opportunity to kill the one who was seeking to kill him. David's soldiers advised him to take advantage of the opportunity to kill Saul while he was sleeping, saying, God has given your enemy into your hand. But David was not looking at the situation with their eyes, but with God's. Even though his life would have been so much easier if Saul were dead, even though he might have been able to even really justify killing him in self-defense, David replied instead, who can raise his hand against the Lord's anointed and be guiltless? Although Saul was committing evil against David, David would not return evil. Instead, he treated Saul with mercy. Saul, experiencing that mercy, actually changed. And we see later in the first book of Samuel, Saul repented of the evil that he was planning to do, and David and Saul were actually reconciled. Imagine that. All of us are called to act in a very similar way. Even when people are treating us badly, speaking ill of us, trying to harm us, and even if some were, God forbid, trying to hunt us down and kill us, 
Jesus calls us to remember, like David, that each of us, that each of those wrongdoers is made in his image and likeness, worthy of his love. If we, like David, refuse to descend to their level, but rather treat them with mercy and try to raise them up to our level, which is really Christ's level, then they, like Saul, may convert. Said in another way, others may consider us their enemies, but Christ calls us not to consider them our enemies, but rather to love them, to do good to them, to bless them, to pray for them, to forgive them. God's love, you know, God loves us with an unconditional love and calls us to love others with unconditional love. That just simply seems crazy. One might seem insane. God's love for us this way just seems crazy. However, Jesus warns us that we will be judged in the end by God in the same way that we judge. The Father will treat us by the same standard that we adopt. If we wish to be forgiven, we must forgive others. If we wish not to be condemned by him, then we must not condemn. If we wish to be loved by, even, by him, even when we sin against him, then we must love others even when they sin against us. If we choose to love others unconditionally, you know, to do good only to those who are good to us, to forgive only some, to condemn those who we think deserve it, to retaliate when someone harms us, then Jesus tells us that that is the measure by which we will receive. The truth is not an exception to God's unconditional love for us, though. He still loves us, even when we are ungrateful and wicked and never wishes to condemn us. It is, in fact, one of the supreme illustrations of the Father's unconditional love for us, that he gave us freedom to choose to reject the love that he offers. When we do, it's not that he no longer loves us unconditionally, but rather we refuse to let his unconditional love live in us and grow in us. We, re we refuse to receive what he has to give to us. That is why the measure we measure out for others will be measured back to us. The only way for us to receive God's full measure of God's unconditional love to have our laps filled to overflowing with his graces is by our opening up to receive them, to loving them unconditionally. If we don't live according to Jesus' standard of love, if we don't sacrifice for those who hate us, bless those who curse us, do good to those who mistreat us and forgive those who wrong us, then we actually close ourselves to God's greatest blessing. The only way we can experience those blessings is by following Christ. Christ calls us to live by this standard of love precisely so that in so doing, we will be able to receive from the Father in return the full measure of his love. Jesus wants us not to compare ourselves to others in the world, but to compare ourselves to him. And with the help of his, and with the help that he always provides for us, to model our lives on the way that he's shown us. Each of us, I mean, if we're honest enough to admit it, has fallen short. 
as challenging as it is, Jesus never calls us to something that's impossible to accomplish, especially if we rely on his help. Jesus says to us again today, love one another as I have loved you. If we live by this standard, we will open ourselves to the fullness of his love and follow him along that thin ascending path to true and eternal happiness. It's because of the insanity of God's love that he would love us while we were still at times not living as his followers, maybe even enemies, that we understand his and receive his mercy. So I want to encourage you, the perfect opportunity to grow deeper in, his, in this love and to feel supported by God to be a part of our spiritual campaign. I mean, think about all the wonderful possibilities for not only our community, but for you as a person. So there's two ways that you can really be involved in this spiritual campaign. One is by coming to Mass every Sunday, receiving the sacraments, to hear the message that God has for you in the, in the readings and in the homily. And then second is to be a part of one of these small groups. I mean, you can do that again by going to our website, stmary.life, and joining one. I mean, God's love is insane. There's no doubt about that. It seems crazy to us. And one of the best ways to experience and learn more about the crazy love that God has for you is to be in a group of people who share that same love. 